0: Welcome to the Coffee on Leadership podcast. I'm Shaylee Trentum, a higher education practitioner and professor turned consultant, guiding leaders in cultivating creativity and wholeness through learning and development. And this podcast is a whole lot of that, fit into short segments you can listen to over a cup of coffee. Meet me here as I design conversations around leadership that you can authentically integrate into the spaces where you lead and have impact. Cheers. Even though I'm not the goal setting guru, because I know people who are, I have researched goal setting quite a bit because I tend to over research and overthink everything. And one of the greatest tools I think leaders can have is a clear strategy for how they set goals. And so I've always factored it into my courses, to my teams, because I so deeply believe in doing it well. And I love a good leadership lesson with a clear case study. So today, this podcast is the case study. As you know, I released it this past week, and it was and is very scary, but leader, you listening to this podcast right now, what if I told you that the scarier your goal, the more motivated you are to complete it? Seriously. Here we go. In the 60s, Dr. Edwin Locke, who you may know if you've studied goal theory or motivation, Found that the harder and more specific a goal is, the harder you will work to succeed at that goal. The harder and more specific a goal is, the harder you will work to get there and succeed at it. So, case in point, this podcast. I picked three big scary goals for myself this year. One of them being this podcast. They almost felt too big to accomplish. But you better believe that I'm working hard to get there. Locke also found that 90% of the time, specific and challenging, but not too challenging goals led to higher performance than the easy, just do your best kind of goals. For example, try hard and get a podcast on Shaylee <laughs> would have been a way less effective way to frame my goal. Instead, here's how I framed it. I decided to launch a Coffee on Leadership podcast focused on 10 to 15 minute micro lessons in leader development, and I was going to have five episodes in the bank by May 2020. And here we are. That's pretty specific. And it feels like a huge accomplishment because I had to work really hard for it including scavenging for a mic and some of that squishy foam sound stuff for decent quality sound from our offices and teaching myself how to edit together clips on Audacity and framing a format for this thing while also taking care of two tiny humans and working my other roles and my real job from home. But if I can tackle a scary personal goal, so can you. And I know there's a lot of motivational workshops and speakers out there right now giving great advice. Listen to me. There are people doing great work in crushing goals and doing good goal setting right now. So take them up on it. I just happen to be a learner who needs to know the tactical side. So I love to break down a good theory because it helps me frame out the greater strategy. And that's what I'm hoping this might help you with right now. Okay, so our buddy Locke, who says to motivate yourself by setting challenging goals, he met his research bestie, Dr. Latham, and they together, Locke and Latham, are the brilliant godfathers of goal-setting theory, and their names come up a lot in the research. Here's what they did for us. They broke down five goal-setting principles in a framework that helps you succeed, and I'm going to go over those quickly with you on today's podcast. So grab a pen and paper and write these down. Number one, clarity. Number two, challenge. Number three, commitment. Number four, feedback. And number five, task complexity. Now don't worry, we're going to go over all five. So if you didn't catch those right now, it's okay. Number one, clarity. You need to set clear goals. You've probably heard it before, but you have to make your goals smart. If you don't know what I mean by that, jump onto Google and Google how to set a smart goal. Because SMART is the acronym for the framework. It means make sure your goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. You'll be more likely to accomplish your goals if you make them SMART. For this podcast, I knew by by whens and exactly how I was going to measure the success of launching a podcast because I had made a SMART goal. For you. I always use this one as, as an example when I'm talking about like New Year's resolutions. Because we often say like, okay, new year, new me, I'm going to get in shape. Setting the goal of getting in shape does not equate to setting a goal. (laughs) It means that you have a little bit of a dream, but you're never going to get there. Because it's not smart to just say, I'm going to get in shape willy-nilly. Because when you look at it, it's not specific. What does that mean? Does that mean lose weight? Does that mean get healthy? And how are you going to measure it? Are you going to show up at the gym 30 minutes a week, three times a week? Are you going to go on runs like you need to be specific about how you're setting that and then you need to have benchmarks to measure it so that, you know, if you didn't make it to the gym three times that week, and is it attainable and realistic? If you do not have a realistic goal, there is no way to move forward from that step of just setting the goal. For instance, if you're going to go to the gym three times a week, but you don't even have a gym pass or a gym membership right there, your goal is shot. Make sure that it's realistic and make sure that it's attainable. Don't set something that's impossible. So make your goals smart. Number two, after you set clear goals and have clarity, number two is challenge. Set a challenging goal, but make sure it's realistic. Do your research. I took Jenna Kutcher's course, the podcast lab, a year ago. Because a year ago, two people in different areas of my life mentioned they could see me putting some of this learning I have in my head into a podcast. And honestly, it made this process so much more grounded because I knew the reality of how much work it would take to complete. Now, I didn't act on that until now, but it was a part of my research to know, can I even accomplish this challenge? I made sure it was realistic. Then, like I said, you need to find ways to benchmark your progress. And I always say, celebrate the small wins with incremental rewards. So after I set up my podcast and I got the shell created... I had a credit at our sticker company that we buy stickers for through our other company, West. And I ordered Coffee on Leadership stickers to scatter around, like on my water glass, on my notebook, so that I would be reminded of my progress. And when I finished the first five episodes and launched this podcast earlier this week, I ordered a fancy schmancy mic holder that holds my microphone in front of me so that I'm not all propped up on this big plastic tub of kids' toys. And I had told myself that I wasn't going to order that until I had launched the podcast and had five five episodes in the bank because that was part of making my goal smart, was having that five episodes in the bank. And that was really, really significant. And so if I hit it, I was going to get to celebrate. And I got there. Make it challenging to make it worth it. But also make sure it's realistic. Okay. So clarity, challenge. Number three is commitment. Stay committed to the goal. One way to do this is to create little trinkets and treasure maps that guide you along the way and guide you back to the goal. Like those stickers I mentioned putting on my water glass and my notebook. I have a picture hanging in my room of how I imagine the cover of the podcast would look with my goal written underneath so that I see it every morning and every night before I went to bed. And that was a really important part of completing my goal. And every time I drink water out of my water glass, I see my Coffee on Leadership sticker and I'm reminded of my purpose and mission in leadership development. Now coupled with that is the key of visualization and completing a goal. If you're a Rachel Hollis fan, she talks about this a lot and there is a reason why vision boards have made a comeback. They work. You have to visualize your goal and how you will respond or be changed by completing it. What is the outcome? Visualization is the practice of getting there. Decide on what you want, picture it, map it out, And visualize every single step you need to take to get there and revisit it all the time. I grew up an athlete, so I can remember driving to games and being on the bus and we weren't allowed to talk to to our teammates because we were supposed to be sitting in our seat visualizing. It was also a great way to just decompress from the day, especially in high school, right? Where you just needed a moment of peace to yourself, but you were supposed to visualize exactly how you were going to play the game ahead. Professional athletes use this all the time, and our professional athletes are basically professional visualizers. They work hard at making visualization a reality because before they were Olympic gold medalists, they had to imagine every single step they would take to get there they had to imagine the moment that they were standing on the podium receiving the gold medal before they could get there my favorite example of this is michael phelps if you know michael phelps he's a very decorated gold medalist is probably the best way to put it he's a swimmer and at the olympics in beijing he set a bazillion records and got a bazillion gold medals basically those are not exact accurate numbers but in the 2008 Olympics, and I read this story of this visualization process somewhere in a leadership book, and I don't remember where it is. And so if you remember where the story is, email me and let me know so I can put some credit in here. But there was a story of how Michael Phelps's coach was big on visualization and helped him visualize and pr- work on that practice to figure out how many strokes It took him to get from one end of the pool to the next and would make him practice with his eyes closed to imagine a time when he might not be able to see in the swimming pool. And so he visualized this process over and over and over. Fast forward to the Beijing Olympics, to one of the final races he was racing. It was the 200-meter butterfly, and I can remember this part of it. But when he jumped in the pool, His goggles somehow weren't completely sealed and started leaking so that by the time he got into the turn on the wall, he couldn't see anymore and he had to visualize the rest of the race, every single stroke, so that he went into the turn and swam the final 50 meters of the race blind because he couldn't see. His goggles were completely filled with water and he pushed hard, knew exactly how many strokes it was to get to the wall to finish the race. And that's why in if you can find that clip, he rips off his goggles and looks up at the leaderboard to see if he had won or not. And not only did he win the gold medal without being able to see, but he set the world record. That's insane. That goes to show how significant visualization can be because you sit outside of the pool and you visualize the race. You visualize every single stroke that it takes to get you from point A to point B so that it is not a surprise when you are on the way to point B and something is in your way. And you have to adjust or pivot or learn something new or whatever it might be, but you know exactly how many strokes it takes and so you keep going. You've already been on the podium, okay? Visualization, it's everything. Number four, feedback. Ask for feedback. Find honest accountability. I've mentioned this in a different episode, but you are more likely to accomplish a goal if you share it with another human. And you are more, even more likely than that to accomplish it if you give them some control in the milestones that you're marking along the way. Now is the time when you are setting your goals to so chunk up the goal. When you are sharing it with another person, you chunk it up And you tell them so that you can have some accountability, so that they check in with you at those mile markers. It's why it's so important when a person is running a marathon that they have people cheering them along the way and helping them mark every significant milestone along that path so that you keep going. They may say you need to step it up or change your pace, and that's good. The week I was launching this podcast, my friend who's a business owner like me reached out to see how I was doing. And before we got off the call, she made me set a buy when for my next step because she knew I was likely not going to do it on time if I wasn't held accountable. And so I shared that with her and we got off the phone. And the following day, she checked in and I had hit my milestone and she cheered for me and was my biggest fan. That's good accountability. Get feedback. That means... You have to think through your goals before you share it with the people so that you're ready mentally for the feedback they will give too. Put in your best effort on creating the goals so that you know you're giving them your best and you're getting your best feedback. Okay, number five is task complexity. If a task is too complex, if a goal is too complex, your response will be stress and anxiety. And I touched on this briefly in episode three when I talked about Mihai's research on flow. Because he says the same thing, that when you are met with too great of a challenge but don't have the skills or abilities, you will feel stressed, you will feel anxious. The pressure to complete that goal will be crippling if you did not give yourself enough time or realistic benchmarks or even just didn't have those right skill sets for what you need to do. So you have to adjust. You have to account for the task complexity. I always say you can make a smart goal smarter by adding the ER, which means you evaluate and you readjust. It's okay to fail, but we fail fast and we fail forward. You need to fail fast and fail forward, meaning we are self-aware enough to know our abilities, our weaknesses, and when we need help. A good leader is self-aware enough to know our abilities our weaknesses, and when we need help. So don't push yourself so hard that you crumble and give up altogether. Consider the task complexity when you're in step one of setting clear goals. This isn't a linear set of principles. This is a cycle. Consider task complexity when you're setting your goals, when you're being smart about them, when you're asking, is this realistic and is this attainable? In that moment, you're considering the complexity of the goal you are setting and you're making adjustments in real time. So those are Locke and Latham's five principles that I love. And they're a good check-in for your goal-setting strategy. But the final thing I've learned over the past 10 years of helping leaders set goals, because I spend a lot of time in this, I say this. Have grace with yourself in the same way you have grace with your people. Have grace with yourself in the same way you have grace with the people you lead. Because when someone on my team comes to me and is honest and vulnerable about missing a deadline or really messing something up, you know what my response typically is? It's thank you for your honesty. What do you need to reset and get there? Be okay with extending yourself that same grace as a leader. Thank you for your honesty. What do you need to reset and get there? Thanks for listening to the Coffee on Leadership podcast. Take a few moments to reflect on how you will integrate today's episode into your life. And let me know if it was helpful to your leadership. Reach out, visit my website, or leave a comment. And don't forget to share with colleagues and subscribe for future learning. Until our next cup of coffee together, cheers.